Section thirty three of the Jolly Parisiennes and Other Novelettes. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by K. Hand. The Marquise's Shoulders by Emile Zola. Translated by George D. Cox. The Marquise was asleep in her huge bed beneath broad curtains of yellow satin at noon as the clear tones of the clock were heard she decided to open her eyes the chamber was lukewarm the carpet and the hangings of the doors and windows made it a soft nest into which the cold could not come warmth and perfumes loaded the atmosphere and perpetual spring reigned there as soon as she was fully awake the marquise seemed to be seized upon by a sudden anxiety she threw back the bedclothes and rang for Julie. Madame rang? Tell me, is it thawing? Oh, the kind-hearted Marquise! With what an anxious voice she asked this question! Her first thought was for the terrible cold, the piercing north wind, which she did not feel, but which must blow so cruelly in the hovels of the poor. And she asked if heaven had been merciful, if she could be warm without remorse, without thinking of those who were shivering is it thawing julie the waiting maid offered her the morning wrapper which she had first warmed before a roaring fire oh no madame it is not thawing on the contrary it is freezing harder than ever early this morning a man was found frozen to death in an omnibus the marquise displayed a childish joy she clapped her hands exclaiming ah so much the better i will go skating this afternoon Julie drew aside the curtains gently, that a sudden brightness might not wound the tender sight of the delicious Marquise. The bluish reflection of the snow filled the chamber with a gay light. The sky was gray, but the tint was so pretty that it reminded the Marquise of a pearl-gray silk dress she had worn, the previous evening, at the ball of the ministry. This dress was trimmed with white guipure, like those nets of snow which she saw at the edges of the roofs, against the paleness of the sky the previous evening she was charming with her new diamonds she went to bed at five o'clock in the morning hence her head was yet a trifle heavy nevertheless she seated herself before a mirror and julie raised the flaxen flood of her tresses the wrapper slipped down and the marquise's shoulders were bare to the middle of her back an entire generation had already grown old while gazing at the marquise's shoulders since ladies of a joyous nature thanks to sovereign power had been enabled to wear low-necked dresses and dance at the tuileries she had displayed her shoulders amid the crowds in the official salons with an assiduity which had made her the living sign of the charms of the second empire she had been compelled to follow the fashion to cut down her dresses and now almost to the small of the back now almost to the centre of the bosom and so it chanced that the dear little lady had little by little made public all the treasures of her corsage there was not a spot as large as the palm of one's hand of her back and her bosom which was not known from the madeleine to saint thomas de Caen. the marquise's shoulders fully displayed were the voluptuous coat of arms of the rain it certainly is unnecessary to describe the marquise's shoulders they are as popular as the pont neuf for eighteen years they have formed part of the public spectacles one needs to see only the smallest bit of them in a salon 
at the theatre or elsewhere to exclaim ha ah, there's the marquise i recognize the black mole on her left shoulder besides those shoulders are very handsome very white very plump and very enticing the glances of every member of the government have swept over them making them smooth and shiny like granite pavements which eventually become polished through the constant scraping of the feet of the crowd if i were the marquise's husband or admirer i would much rather kiss the glass knob of the door of a minister's office worn by the hands of favor-seekers than touch with my lips those shoulders over which has passed the hot breath of all of gallant paris when one thinks of the thousands of longings which have quivered around them one cannot help asking oneself of what kind of clay nature molded them that they have not been gnawed and crumbled like those marble statues exposed to the open air in gardens the symmetry of which has been destroyed by the winds the marquise has laid her modesty on the shelf she has made her shoulders an institution and how she has fought for the government of her choice always in the breach everywhere at the same time at the tuileries at the houses of the ministers at the foreign legations and at the hotels of ordinary millionaires winning over the undecided with her smiles propping the throne with her alabaster bosom showing on days of danger delicious little corners ordinarily hidden more persuasive than the arguments of orders more effective than the swords of soldiers and threatening in order to carry off a vote to cut down the necks of her dresses until the most ferocious members of the opposition should declare themselves convinced such was ever her mode of warfare the marquise's shoulders have remained intact and have always been victorious they have borne the weight of a world yet never has a wrinkle ruffled their white marble surface that afternoon on coming from the hands of julie the marquise clad in a delicious polish toilette went to skate she skates adorably at the bois it was as cold as the arctic regions a sharp wind stung the noses and the lips of the ladies as if fine sand had been blown in their faces the marquise laughed it amused her to be cold she went from time to time to warm her feet at the fires kindled on the edges of the little lake then she returned to the icy air speeding away over the frozen surface like a swallow grazing the ground ah what exquisite enjoyment and how fortunate it was that the thaw had not yet begun the marquise would be able to skate the whole week as she was on her way home the marquise saw in a side path of the champs-elysees a poor woman shivering at the foot of a tree half dead with cold what a fright she murmured in an irritated tone and as her carriage was being driven very rapidly along the marquise unable to find her purse threw her bouquet to the poor woman a bouquet of white lilacs worth fully five louis. End of section thirty three.